episode five. Welcome back, M&Ms. We're about to get nerdy. Way nerdy. So, Jordan. Yes. Are you a fan of Harry Potter? Yes. Yes, I am. In what way? <laughs> In what way? I will say... On a scale of one to ten. Okay. Current? Probably like a six. I feel like okay. I'm loyal, mm-hmm. but... I can't remember the last time I've, like, watched one of the movies or read one of the books, so Mm. I don't feel like I can say I'm more than a six, but I have read every single book. I've watched every single movie. I had Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit once. I didn't know anybody who could play it with me, so that sucked. Um, It's okay, because I have it, and we can... Okay, yeah, yeah. I really did want to go to, um, and still do, the wizarding world of... Oh, I'll Potter. take you there. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say I'm a fan. How about you? Um, this gonna. I'm just gonna take this. I'm gonna take this uh, open door right here on a scale of one to ten, nine and three quarters. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Why didn't I see that coming? <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I snuck it in. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am. I'm probably a little beyond like your average. <laughs> fan yeah it it's a good thing yeah yeah it's i would say it goes a little bit further than like a a fan you know base and it, it goes uh maybe a little into obsession as i pull up my ravenclaw socks <laughs> um i uh yeah i'm definitely one of those people that has like way too much stuff i i feel like that's somewhat recent like within the past couple of years like I always had a lot of stuff but now that amount of stuff has grown to the point of like I don't have space to put these things <laughs> mm-hmm. in where where they can be displayed and stuff Stephen is supposed to be making me a really cool bookcase which I won't say what it is because I don't want anyone to steal the idea <laughs> <laughs> um to display everything but mm-hmm. there's a lot yeah okay yeah i enjoy it i i mean it's you know this is gonna sound super corny whatever but as a kid and even like now it gets me through some stuff you Mm -hmm. know it it helps me to um kind of detach from the world for a minute and Mm -hmm. go into the wizarding world and Mm -hmm. uh and just kind of yeah just be in that area and the fandom is amazing Mm -hmm. like the people in the Harry Potter fandom are incredible. So, yeah. Uh, do you know what house you're in? Um, it's been a long time since I took that the quiz, the um, sorting, sorting. Mm-hmm. But I was Gryffindor, which I I do feel like makes sense for me. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I do low key wish that I was a Slytherin, just because they're dark and mysterious and i myself am dark and mysterious <laughs> just joking kind of but I, i'm gryffindor it makes sense to me that you're a gryffindor that wishes you were a slytherin mm-hmm. like that to me yeah. fits you yeah <laughs> that fits you um i'm a ravenclaw mm-hmm. uh through and through i mean i knew before i took the sorting yeah i just i knew that's do you I feel was. like when you were reading the books and like like you you already knew um, I feel like I knew as a, like, yeah, like, when I was reading the books when I was pretty young, because I kind of grew up 
at the same age mm-hmm. as like Harry and Hermione and Ron, which is really cool. Like as the books were coming out, I was like the same age as they were. Um, I didn't like read the books and think, you know, oh, I identify with that person because they're Ravenclaw. I just knew that like based on what she was, what J.K. Rowling was describing as a Ravenclaw, I knew that was me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the guest on our show today is a Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. He, uh, is the host, uh, the original host. OG. OG host, um, of Tales from Godric's Hollow. They've gone through a couple of co-hosts. Um, they had, a, they had another co-host to begin with. Now they have two different ones. Um, they're all great. Uh, but Josh has been on there from the beginning. Um, I, we talked so much during his interview that I totally spaced on, um, asking him for his social media, uh, handles. So if you do want to look Josh up after this interview, he is at the noise on Twitter and Instagram. That's the noise with a Y. So that's T H E N O Y S E. Um, and check out their podcast. If you're a Harry Potter fan, Tales from Godric's Hollow. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, also, something that we forgot to address in the actual interview um, and something that we want to do moving forward is ask each guest if they could ask a question of a previous guest. What would they ask and who would they ask? Um, just to kind of tie all the episodes together, kind of make them flow a little bit better. Josh wanted to ask Kelly a question. Mm-hmm. You want to read that? Yeah. So his question to Kelly was, does Kelly feel that losing her hearing has changed who she is or was as a person? Um, Kelly's awesome. So, of course, she responded to us right away when mm-hmm. we asked that question. Uh, she said, uh, good question. In some ways, yes, for sure. I am definitely uh, emotionally a stronger person now. I am less social, for sure. (laughs) I used to be very social now. um, Oh, I'm sorry. I used to be very social. Now, if there are more than five people there, I don't want to go. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I could, like, just picture her saying that. Yeah. Like, saying that response. I mean, I can't imagine... That makes total sense to me. Yeah. that, That that's not something you want to do anymore after Mm -hmm. losing your hearing i just don't think that i mean obviously like communicating with people becomes harder 10 times harder yeah yeah Yeah. well if you haven't listened to that episode you should go listen to kelly's episode but um i remember her saying like if somebody if she can't hear somebody they get mad at she's had yeah she's had people get because they think that she's not listening Mm -hmm. but it's like no i just can't hear you legitimately yeah 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 Yeah. so yeah it's really cool that um josh had that question and was able to we were able to reach out to kelly and get her answer so quickly um definitely something we want to keep doing moving forward Mm -hmm. um also just want to remind you guys to uh continue to email us and reach out to us with your stories you guys are doing great keep it up mm-hmm. um we want to hear everything uh anything that you have 
about the podcast. Yeah. We had somebody reach out to us who had mentioned, she wasn't sure if it was just listening to our podcast episodes lately or just other things going on in her life, but she had just finished her first counseling session and that she just felt like it was really going to help. And um, I just love that she felt the need to let us know that yeah, that was super cool so awesome. definitely um like denise was saying reach out even with feedback we've got really good feedback from a lot of you guys of just how we can make this better for you so super important for us so please do that um email is mmpodcast1 at gmail.com yeah keep them coming and Enjoy Josh's episode, episode five. I really love Josh's voice as random, but I love listening to Josh's voice. So I listen to it for hours every week. <laughs> so I understand. He does yeah. have a great voice. <laughs> Enjoy right. Josh. Um, you want to start now? Yeah. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know where we're starting here. Um, you go, buddy. It's all okay. you. Uh, born in Reno, Nevada. Uh, lived in Lake Tahoe the first year I was born. Um, I wish I remember it because it sounds like a beautiful place. I've never been back. One day. One day I will. Uh, moved to a little town in California on the central coast called Lompoc, California. Mm. Um, it is known because of the Air Force Base that is there. And the prison. Uh, and the prison. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, one of the state prisons. Had- one of my What's ex-boyfriends that? is from Lompoc as well. So, no kidding. Yeah, I'm actually familiar. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm glad he's an ex because that place is, there's nothing good that's ever come out of there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah, the prison, the Air Force Base, NASA's also there, um, which is cool. If, oh. You know, if you can't rush Area 51, you could go out there, I guess, and try to <laughs> jump in some rockets or something. Um yeah, Lompoc is a a little little town on the coast. Um, it's uh, in a valley. It's about a half hour away from like any any decent size town or city. Um, like the closest mall is in a completely different city, at least like thirty minutes away. So, kind of secluded in this little valley on the coast. When I say the coast, it's like 10 miles away from the beach, uh, which sounds great, except for the beach in California, or not in California, in Lompoc specifically, was closed my entire life and still is because of this bird called the snowy plover. Don't know if you've ever heard of this bird. It's I have not. Dumbest bird I've ever heard of. And it's <laughs> it's pretty much my arch nemesis for the rest of my life because it, it it's this little endangered bird it's white it's small and it nests in sand dunes well because it got put on the endangered species list and because they like to nest in the beaches of Lompoc, california they had to close off the entire beach to allow these dumb birds to (laughs) nest there which i don't think anyone's actually ever seen one of the birds there that's the thing well because they're on the beach it's closed (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're not supposed to go on the beach. I've known plenty of people that have jumped the fence to go on the beach. Um, but nobody's ever seen his birds there. It, it's it's all a scam, I think, to keep us away from the NASA and going up to the prison or something like that. I don't know. but That does seem like a really lame excuse to like close an entire – like how many miles are we <laughs> yeah. talking of coast? I, I mean, 
because we're in a valley from like mountain mountain to mountain, like the entire length of the beach. Like the only way to go to the beach is to leave the valley and go down the coast to like towards Santa Barbara area. The closest beach drive was probably 35, 40 minutes away from town. Damn. From a town on the coast. <laughs> like I, I don't I, I, it, it sounds super hyperbolic, but it's it's literally a coastal town that doesn't have access to a beach. It's just the dumbest thing ever. So <laughs> probably where all my problems stem from is the fact that I was denied beach access as a that kid. damn bird. Endangered species bird. And don't get me wrong. I love birds. I love animals, all that stuff. But just move somewhere else, you know, just, just go somewhere else. And, and by now, 30 years later, I'm I'm pretty sure. The species is probably thriving since nobody's been able to mess with us <laughs> for decades now. So let's bump them off the, the national list here and get that beach open again. But very um, agricultural driven. Um, it uh, being Southern California, it's a very diverse town. Um very big Latin population, very big Hmong population, um, which was always fascinating to me. Uh, but despite all that, like super redneck backwoods racist town, like from top to bottom, um, which as a kid probably didn't recognize enough, um, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, growing up there, like I, I had you know friends from all different backgrounds and races and ethnicities and everything and it just it, it was the norm for me but you know when you talk to the older people of town like um they would prefer it not to be that way i had um i, I lived with both of my parents um and a younger sister and we weren't um we were poor uh it, it my mom didn't work by choice like i know as a kid she tried to do like a daycare once or twice that never worked out um but other than that she didn't work um i know my dad worked all the time it seemed but it also seemed like we never had like any sort of money at all um it, it was a very uh, not abusive in like any sort of physical i okay i i did get hit as a kid um once my sister got to the point where she, she's five years younger than me once she got to the point when she could be reprimanded for things uh my dad decided that hey um these wooden paddles that i've been hitting my son with isn't a good thing. So I'm going to break them in a act of defiance against the man and show everybody how great of a parent I am. Um, like I remember that vividly of him breaking the wooden paddle and like throwing it away and never again. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> okay, sure. Um, how, how old were you at that point? Um, she was probably oh, three or four. So I was eight or nine. Okay. Um, yeah, because younger than that, he wouldn't have even thought of like hitting her because you know, you can't right. reprimand a two year old for being rambunctious, it's what they do. They're two, 
Um, so, uh, but like, other than that, there was a lack of a lack of love in the house. Uh, I I never felt part of the family. I never felt connected to either one of them. Um, I always wanted to be with my dad, but he didn't have much interest in that. It seemed, um, I, I learned at a young age and probably grown up in a small town. It helped propel this quicker, but like I could just leave and go hang out with friends or do whatever I wanted. And I, I didn't have like a curfew. I didn't have I didn't have to check in, you know, I I would get on my bike and just like take off and that would be it. You know, um, when I decided to come back is when I came back and I I'd never got in trouble or anything like that. But, you know, you start realizing that, like, hey, maybe it'd be nice if like they told me I had to be back <laughs> at a certain time, you know, like be yeah. back for dinner type of thing. No, it was like whatever. Um, so like. It, it it I I was taking care of myself, uh, not out of necessity, but out of because I could, at a at an early age, ten eleven is when I started to realize that like, if I'm going to do anything, it's going to be because I'm going to make it happen, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a weird thing to experience as a kid, you know, for being that young. Yeah, was it the same for your sister? No. No, no. Okay. Um, as you probably could have guessed, uh, <laughs> things went differently for her. Um, you know, she was the baby. She, um, she craved their attention, and she got their attention. Which, um, you know, I, it, it, I'm sure it bothered me every now and then. But the older I got, the more I just disliked my parents mm-hmm. as people. Like, I was just like, I don't like being around them. I don't enjoy time with them. I don't hate them, but, like... It's just you'd rather spend your time with other people. Yeah, like, I'm going to go hang out with my friends, or I'm just going to go on a bike ride. I, I could go from one end of town to the other in, like, an hour, you know, on my bike. And, like, nobody would care. And, and that was fun for me. Um, but my sister, like, definitely wasn't like that. She, she loved their attention. She craved it, and... Um, you know, she I, I, I distinctly remember always uh, she, she was she always got labeled as like super hyperactive, you know, and it was that time when a lot of kids were being labeled that. Yeah. And <laughs> instead of like, oh, she has ADD or ADHD or whatever, you know, they wanted to call it back then. It was. Oh, she's if she has a soda that has caffeine in it, that's what's making her hyper. So she can never have caffeine. And like I I, every time like uh, a soda option was ever available, it was like had to make sure she had something that had no caffeine in it because she would just wild out if she had any sort of (laughs) caffeine. It's like kids don't act that out of control when they have caffeine, you know, maybe. And they were looking at caffeine specifically and not like sugar. 100%. It was always caffeine. I, it it was like, if it was a root beer, you had to find like, uh, Barks root beer Mm -hmm. had no caffeine. So like, that's what she could drink. Um, Sprite. 
Right. Seven up, no caffeine. So it was good. Anything else? Ho, 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 keep it away from her. <laughs> um, so like she was being <sighs> taken care of in a way, like probably wasn't being taken care of, like, you know, um, looking back, but. She eyes, was at least being taken care of more so than you were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they thought they were doing yeah. right. Um, they they told me at one point, I, I couldn't tell you how old I was, um, that, and, you know, if you were to ask them now, if they were to even remember, they would probably say it was a joke or something like that, you know, because parents say dumb things to kids. Like, how, how old are your kids? Uh, both of us. Well, my Charlotte is two and a half. Okay. And Ryan's about to be two in right. a few months. Yeah. Okay. Young. So, youngins. Yeah. Young. Toddler. Oh, man. Beautiful age. I love that age. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, you're not to the point where you're going to say wild things to your kids. Like, as they grow older, you're going to mess with them. You're going to have fun with them. You're going to say things to them. It's what parents do. It, it's the joy of parenting, I say. Um, but, like, one time I, I specifically remember them telling me that, they saw me as the guinea pig child. So anything that they did wrong with me, they're going to make sure they didn't do wrong with her. Mm. And I was like, well, okay, that that's, that's where we stand. Sounds good. Cause, um, yeah, that was, I, I, I very much remember that. And it, it sounds like a joking thing to say, yeah. to me, but if it wasn't for, the actions that I saw on display after the fact. Yeah, I was right. gonna say it probably that particular saying probably wouldn't have bothered you so much if it didn't make total sense and make it feel like that is exactly what's happening. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they never told me to stay off caffeine. They never, you know, uh, watched me like a hawk and made sure I was home or anything like that. So. Um, I, you know, like I said, I never got in trouble. I was a good kid. Um, I've never had a detention in my life. Like, uh, the lowest grade I ever got was like a C plus. Um, like it just, I, I, I excelled at school. I enjoyed school. I, I went and, and did the things I needed to do at school, but then I still had a life outside of school with friends uh, I got a paper route at a young age, um, youngish, like 12, 13, uh, because I realized I could make money for myself doing this paper route, uh, which was a cool thing, you know, at that age. Um, sure. I I started a baseball card business around the same time as well. And when I say started a business, like I was registered with the state of California with a business license to sell sporting <laughs> cards. Um, by having that license, I was able to buy um, directly from the manufacturers instead of paying like a another card shop, like whatever prices they were charging the upsell. I could buy directly from from the manufacturers and pay a much lower price. I, I learned all this as a kid because I just wanted to make money for myself because my parents yeah. weren't giving me any money. Um, they had no money to give. I, I did not like my situation and I knew that like if I wanted to go to the movies if I wanted to buy a CD if I wanted to do go to 7-Eleven and buy a Slurpee with my friends like I had to pay for all of that so at a at a young age I was getting jobs and doing what I needed to do 
to make money for myself because it wasn't coming in from anywhere else. Um, which I, um, I, I cherish that I did that, um, because it, it has led to me, um, really enjoying working and finding a place I, I've only had since I've been a, an adult, I've only worked at two places my entire Jeez. life. I'm 35 now turning 36 in November. I've only worked for two companies. Um, the current job I have now, I've been at 13 years now. So, oh, wow. uh, I mean, you don't hear that this day and age, you know, um, people jump from job to job as much as possible. And, um, I, you know, I, 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 I value it, value it differently. Um, which is probably one of the things keeping me from ever doing something wild, like doing podcasting for a living or, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, opening up like a, a food truck or something like that is like, I know the people I work for. Um, I, I enjoy the company I work for and I know there's a consistent paycheck coming. I'm, you know, I'm a salaried employee. I have, you know, good, good standing with the company and it's, it's comfortable. Um, it's secure too. It's secure. Yeah. Which, which, you know, some people, if they hate their job, but it's still secure or comforting, it's one thing, but I actually enjoy the place I work and I, I feel comfortable there. So it's hard for me to ever get to that point where I'm, gonna say i i quit i'm gonna go do something wild with my life and hope for the best Uh, that's probably goes to the whole anxiety thing of like not having a plan or something like that but my my theory on that is because just so you know very similar childhoods (laughs) you and i um i think not having anyone to control you as a child made you realize that you need to be in control. Um, And the anxiety comes from not being in control. And, uh, you know, you found that control at such a young age. You figured out what you needed to do to make sure that you were good, uh, that it's just, you know, carried into your adulthood. And now that you have children, you want to make sure that you have that you know, that control for them, that stability for them. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, nailing it. I mean, that's, it's, it's right on. Um, yeah. Well, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Birds of a feather, I guess. Um, yeah. Like with school, uh, you know, I was taking AP classes in high school, not because my parents wanted me to, it was because, well, this is going to be good for me. Um, you know, like that kind of stuff. I, I, I pushed myself, just because no one else was. Uh, I, I I had my own social security card as a teenager because I felt like that was important to have, which is wild. Like, I would never give <laughs> yeah, the social security cards so to my kids thing. right now. Like, no. what are you doing? No. Um, yeah, I, I had that in my possession at, at a young age for no other reason than just, just in case. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I mean... Can I ask, like, what what is your relationship with them, with your parents, like, now? I was just singing the same thing. Well, uh, transition the story a little bit. Uh, 
Uh, at the age of 16, uh, I was just finishing my junior year of high school. Um, my dad took my sister and I to dinner, which was weird because that wasn't a thing that ever happens. And he told us that he and my mom were going to be splitting up, uh, divorcing, and that he was suddenly moving to St. Louis to meet up with a woman he had met on a chat room. Um, Jeez. And I knew for a long time that they never had the greatest of marriages. Uh, but it never felt like it was to that point. You know, sometimes you see uh, parents fighting. It, it, you see the slow transition to getting to the point of separation. And, and this one just kind of came out of nowhere. Possibly because I was never around. I, I was doing yeah. my own thing. So so maybe there was the writing on the wall that I just wasn't there to read. Mm -hmm. Don't know. Um, but so he announced that. And took a night to process for me, and it, it it became kind of a blur at that point. I was trying to finish my my junior year. I'm getting ready to be a senior, and, and again, this is a small town. Uh, one high school, one proper high school, one other high school that was for like the Air Force kids and the rich people up on the hill above the town, but like mainly just one high school in town, which meant I was in school with people I had been in school with my entire life, you know? Right. Um, and so I'm getting ready to have a senior year with them. And I was getting into journalism and I was getting ready to be, uh, the, um, uh, boy, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, person in charge of a newspaper. Um, editor in chief, editor in chief. Thank you. <laughs> I not pull that for the life of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was getting ready to be editor in chief at my school newspaper that I'd just gotten into. We had just got the newspaper up and running my junior year for the first time in 20 years. Cause the school didn't have money to fund the newspaper. So it was back. I had, you know, kicked ass my entire junior year at it and they were ready to offer me the position as a as a senior it was going to be great everything was was just clicking and then this happens and um within a week uh he my my dad um rented um a moving truck and loaded it up with his stuff uh, and said goodbye, and and that was it. And I I was mad. I was angry. I was defensive um, for my mom because at, at all at the same time realized that the house that we had was they hadn't been paying their mortgage on so it was being foreclosed uh it was going to be all left to my mom to deal with 
who hasn't been working still. She had no money. And it seemed like all the money that we had, he was taking with him to move away. And I... I almost punched him when he tried to say goodbye. Like, I, I wanted to hit him so hard. And it took everything in me not to do it. Uh, but I was like, you know, this is a grown-ass man. I'm 16 years old. <laughs> it's not going to end well for me, but there's nothing I want to do more than that right now. Um, I didn't. And he he left. He was mad that I was so mad, and I, I couldn't wrap my head around how he didn't understand how I was feeling like this. And, um, and he left off to St. Louis to meet a woman he had never met before, a woman that we didn't know anything about. And suddenly my mom is stuck with myself and my sister, who was 11, because I was 16, and this house that was being foreclosed on, and or I don't even know if it was foreclosed. I don't even know if they actually owned it. It might have been just they were renting it and they couldn't afford it. I don't know. They were being... It was the situation she was going to have to leave. Yeah. Obviously, because she didn't have a job. She didn't have any money. How was she going to pay for anything? So her plan was to move in with my grandmother, her mom, in my grandmother's one-bedroom apartment. Dang. Um, with my sister. Where are That's you? That's it. <laughs> that was my question. Uh, um, <laughs> She said, well, your dad didn't want to take you to St. Louis, and there's not going to be any room for you here. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know what else to do. Holy shit. Then to just be like, sorry, you need to figure it out. She's like, this move needs to happen soon. I I don't know what to tell you, but there's no place for you to stay. Oh, my gosh. So I did the only thing a logical person would do. And that was to call my aunt, who lived in Vancouver, Washington, who I saw maybe every other year when she would come down and visit my grandparents. Um, And I said, here's the situation. I no longer have a place to live. Can I stay with you until I figure something else out? And she said... Don't worry, I'll take care of it. She showed up two days later with a truck and said, grab all your stuff, taking you home. And I moved to Vancouver, Washington at 16 years old with my aunts. And I haven't left since. (laughs) I, I left my aunt's house, obviously, um, but, but Vancouver, Washington, I, I, I still live here. Um, and my, what was that your mom's sister or your dad's my mom's sister? oldest sister? Um, okay. yeah, so she knew her shit. She like <laughs> understood, hopefully like your mom. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I had, um, so my mom had two brothers and a sister. Uh, the sister is my aunt who I moved in with. Um, one of the brothers lived down in San Diego, which I always got along with him best, but he was married to a woman 
who was completely awful, didn't like kids, and her two kids were bratty and bullies. And I was like, hmm, San Diego sounds wonderful, but I don't <laughs> want to deal with them. Uh, right. Her other brother lived in town. And uh, I, I never liked him as much as I wanted to. He is the type of person who gets very angry very quickly, is very judgmental, very opinionated, uh, but tends to try to solve things by buying you stuff Mm -hmm. and throwing money around because he owned a roofing business and he felt like, hey, if he has money, then he can make everything better. Um, And I just didn't want to deal with that. And I was like, I I don't want to live in the same town as my mother, who just said... who basically just abandoned you. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't, I need out of this hellhole. I need out of this town. So, yeah. So my aunt, she's the oldest of the four. Um, She, she had, I mean, not, not one hesitation in taking me in. Uh, My mom signed all legal rights over to her. Uh, Holy moly. Yeah. Just was like, here. Um, I just can't, I can't even, I mean, my daughter's two and a half i just there's no way in hell that anyone could even like come close to any anything like that like they would have to pry her from my cold dead hands (laughs) like there's no way yeah she 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 signed over guardianship like within a couple weeks it was all all the papers are signed and um yeah so i i lived with my aunt and uh my two younger cousins um one of which ha- she's a year or two years younger than I. Um, she has Down syndrome. One of my favorite people in the entire world. Uh, her name is Elizabeth. Um, uh, her and I have this special cousin bond that I, I've never felt with any other cousin in my life. She's the sweetest, most adorable person you'll ever meet. Um, mentally, she's at about like a third or fourth grade level. And she'll she'll never get past that. Uh, but she's one of my favorite people ever. She's just she's amazing. And being able to like live with her uh, was a shock for for her and my my other younger cousin who was mm-hmm. a few years younger than that. Because you know all of a sudden this sixteen year old guy is hanging around. You know their cousin that they've right. only seen every other year or so. But. Um, and that yeah, that's got to be hard to understand as a kid to like wait. So he lives here now, but yeah, yeah. why? <laughs> yeah. And they had a big enough house to where like they had a spare bedroom. Like I, I didn't kick anybody. Like the the two girls had their own bedroom still. Um, I I got the spare bedroom. Like I, it was downstairs. All of their bedrooms were upstairs. Like I I, I tried to be just a ghost in that house. I I'm I'm just gonna hear, eat go to school and like stay out of everybody's way because I didn't want to interfere with their family. You know, I, I right. felt like I was inconveniencing them just for being there, which like definitely wasn't and... the case. But... Yeah. Yeah. It's hard um, not to feel that way in that situation though. Yeah. Especially at that age. Yeah. Which, you know, things are still confusing for me. I, I didn't, um, I was still trying to process everything at that point. Uh, I was going to go to a high school for my senior year and graduate with people I didn't know. Yeah. 
it that sucked like yeah. I you know like looking back like I have some friends like on Facebook from Lompoc that I would have graduated with and you know like they talk about like reunions and everything and it's like I I didn't graduate with them like I'm not part of like their graduating class so I but like I don't feel part of the high school that I graduated with because I was there a year I don't yeah I, I couldn't name one person that I graduated <laughs> with um I went to three different high schools, so I, and before that, had been in the same school system for um, the longest I had ever been, which was five years. Mm -hmm. So I, again, I can totally relate. It's, I think I went to my, the high school that I graduated to, I went to for my, for two years, for my junior and senior year, but that was it. Yeah. Oh. There are times when I will run into people randomly, like through work or through kids' activities, softball or something. And they're like, "Hey, I went to school with you. Do you remember me?" And I was like, "I, I'm sorry. I You're like absolutely not. Not a clue. I'm like, why do you remember me? I was barely there. <laughs> of course, I don't remember you. Um, so my my dad actually came out for my high school graduation. Um. So did my mom, and I I hated every second of it. I was like, yeah, I, I, I was like, I, I was I just about to say why. I mean that that sounds maybe mean of me, but at least if I was in that position, I would be like, why, why the now? hell are you even here? I she will never admit this, but I hundred percent guarantee my aunt guilted both of them into being there, mm. thinking that that's what I needed and that's what I wanted. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I graduate in two thousand one. Um, it is now summer of 2019. That means I have not seen my dad in 18 years. Wow. Um, that was the last time I saw him. I haven't spoken to him in 15 years. Phew. 15, 16 years. And you have several children, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> We'll get to that in a second. That's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I haven't spoken to my dad in that long. Um, he, over the last, since then, like, has probably reached out, like, maybe twice. And I've just ignored it. Like, no, this is this is done. Yeah. I, I don't need that in my life. Um, my mother, I... I always felt the pressure and guilt from my aunt to stay connected to my mom. She always wanted me to to be part of my mom's life. Um, she continuously guilted me into making sure I would call her and check in with her. And um, it, at, my grandma passed away a few years after all of that. And then my mom moved to Delaware. Uh, from California, yeah, uh, and from that moment on, she always, always tried to make me feel bad for not seeing her enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like you didn't want me, and then you moved literally as far as you possibly could in the continental United States away from where I am 
and now I am at fault for not seeing you enough? Like, that's not how this works. We, you don't get to say that to me. Um, but try to stay in contact, mainly forced by my aunt who wanted, she thought it was important that I have a, a mother in my life. Um, one thing I don't know if my aunt will ever fully understand or appreciate is she was more of a mother to me than my actual mom ever was. Right. Uh, and I don't think I've told her that enough. Well, first and foremost, she wanted you when yeah. your own mother didn't. I mean, yeah. Yeah. when you lived with your aunt, because earlier you said, you know, when you um, growing up, you didn't feel like there was a lot of love like in the household. Was that very different? With it it was because um, suddenly I had a curfew. Suddenly I had to check in. Suddenly, and you I, probably appreciated that. Where yeah. I, I probably deep down inside I did, but I rebelled <laughs> against it so hard. I'm like, nope, I'm not. I'm not. You're not my mom. You know, you can't well, tell me what to do. I haven't lived like this yet. <laughs> like, why? After and now? you just had to be pretty angry in general. I mean, most yeah. teenage boys are pretty angry for no reason already. <laughs> yeah, and no, yeah. Add had that, some. all of that on top of it, I'm sure, yeah, yeah any little thing would be like, get out of here. <laughs> it, it was bad. And, you know, I, I don't know how she dealt with me, to be honest with you, but um, she did. And, you know, I, I will never be able to repay her for what she did for me. Um, but, yeah, she, uh, if I ever had to say, like, who's your mom? Like, that's probably who I would ever, you know, label as. Um so, yeah, my mom <sighs> forced relationship with her and relationship is such a loose term. Uh, but um, it, uh, off and on, like maybe once or twice a year, say hi, you know, she would tell me how much she loved me and how much she missed me and blah, 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 blah. And how I don't come see her and I never <laughs> talk to her enough. It's like you could call me and you never do. You could make an effort to meet my kids and you never do you know um yeah. she would always throw out that i just want to be a grandma and it's like no he don't don't you haven't earned that right you you haven't shown any interest in that so almost to maybe even make herself feel better like oh, she 100%. knows 100%. right yeah. yeah or for maybe other people to see to that mm-hmm yeah, I mean, she probably has a lot of regret and guilt and, and whatnot, but she's never done anything to redeem make it. good yeah. on it, you know, other than just say things. Um, so I uh, had a whole falling out at a cousin's wedding uh, a couple years ago, uh, my younger cousin that I lived with, and it, it was a whole big dramatic thing at this wedding, which... I didn't want to go in the first place because I knew when my family's around drama happens. And, but I was like, I want to be there for my cousin. I want to support her and her husband. Like, this is like, I need to be there for them. And like, I, I told people, I was like, I don't want to get into it with anybody because I'm not about to ruin these people's wedding. Plain and simple. Right. This is not about anybody else. It is about those two people who are getting married. That's it. Nothing else should happen. It is not about anybody's feelings right now. There's no drama, nothing. It's two people celebrating love. Let's do that. And my mom and my uncle that I didn't like, everybody 
just wanted to start drama and unnecessary stuff. And, you know, I, I ended up leaving like the reception. I was like, I'm, I'm done here. I'm it's, this will escalate to the point where these people will always remember their wedding reception being ruined. Right. I'm not going to allow that to happen. What was the fight over? What was the... (sighs) People started drinking. Um, My uncle was uh, super mad that I wasn't being friendly enough to people. Um, Previously, him and I had a falling out because I... Traveling down to L.A. to visit some friends before, like the year before this, I had stopped to see them just because I felt that it was necessary. It was like an adult thing to do. Yeah. And it was um, the night and the morning after the Pulse nightclub shooting down in Orlando. Oh, okay, Yeah. And like I was like reading the story like at the table and I was like, I I. Assault rifles. What? Why? Why is this necessary? You know, just random like thought off my head of like, hey, we probably don't need assault rifles in this country, you know, and he lost his mind going on about the Second Amendment and how I don't have the right to say people shouldn't own guns and blah and like making every excuse in the book. I was like, okay. We're done here. Uh, this is, <laughs> yeah, because it's I, one thing if you want to have a conversation with, you know, with somebody about that in particular, but it's sure. another if you take it totally personally and, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's not even a gun owner. Like that was like my thing. <laughs> I was like, what are you even talking about right now? Um, you know, and like he wanted to make this big thing, and I was just like, hey, people probably shouldn't own assault rifles because you know there's 50 <laughs> people dead right now, and this sucks. Oddly enough, like how many years later, like this is like still happening. Like it, I don't, I don't want to go down that. Uh, so like him and I had like a falling out, whatever. I, I didn't feel like I wanted to talk to him anymore. So like at this wedding, like he's trying to throw all the shade at me about not talking and being unfriendly and blah 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 blah. And like I eventually had to get up and just like kind of walk away. But then my mom was also there, and I, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a wedding or not. Uh, at receptions, what's like a common thing to do with your guests and seating? Assign seats, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of sit where the people planning the wedding tell you to sit. Well, where me and my partner were seated uh, were, was not at the table with my mom. Well, my mom took that personally as oh. if I was trying to stay away from her. Like maybe you asked for that or something. Yeah, but... Instead of, like, at any point, she could have came over and walked over to us and said hi and everything like that and, like, chatted and and done our thing. But, like, it was a very structured, organized wedding with not a lot of wiggle room to, like, socialize with other people. So. Well, and you were probably seated that far apart for a reason. Like, did your, your, I'm sure your cousin knows that, like. Probably. Don't have the best relationship you know not that you asked for it but that's i mean probably doing you a favor (laughs) all the older adults were kind of seated together and like we were sitting with like people in our age range you know it it made sense whatever uh so at the point when i was like walking away from my uncle to get away from nonsense 
my mom, who had been drinking at this point, started telling complete random strangers how I was abusing her because I wasn't talking to her and how she just wanted her son back. And at some point she just disappeared and people were worried that like she had fallen somewhere and because she is drinking, she wouldn't be able to get up and just causing this whole commotion with like, but never once ever coming to me or talking to me or just passively telling other people. So like at that point I was like, I need to leave because again, I do not want to be responsible for ruining this wedding reception. That's not what I'm about. I don't want to be here to do that. And me being here is causing this friction with these other people that will 100% ruin this reception without thinking twice. So we left. Uh, My mom tried to contact me several months later and started blaming me for the whole situation. And I was like, look, I... I, I told her exactly how I felt at that point, and I was like, I, I'm not going to let you guilt me into this. Uh, we're not going to do this. And um, that was a year and a half, two years ago, maybe now, and I haven't heard from her since. So, um, yeah. So, do I still speak to my parents? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> took my took me longer to reach that point with my mom than it did my dad, but yeah, uh, my sister. Uh, quickly, oh, I don't want to do this forever, but um, my sister, when she was living with my mom, you know, she was younger. She didn't understand things. She was never, she was thrown into it the way I was, but because she was younger and she had never developed the skills to like fend for herself or anything like that, she started getting into trouble. Uh, legal, she got into drugs, she got um, into, uh, Legal trouble, you know, general mischief around town, whatnot, to the point where my mom decided that she couldn't handle her, and she sent her off to live in St. Louis with my dad and his new chat room woman. Um, (laughs) Well, that only lasted like less than a year because my dad and this new woman couldn't handle her either because she started rebelling and getting into trouble out there so then he sent her back to my mom and then my mom tried to keep her for like a year or so um and they when she moved to delaware she came out there and then at some point my dad left the st louis chat room woman and (sighs) met up with some other random woman from texas and he went to move in texas so my sister went from california to st louis to Delaware and then back to Texas with my dad and that's when everything just exploded with my sister I tried to stay in contact with her as much as possible Uh, back then you know cell phones weren't a thing very much you know it it was kind of a privilege to have a cell phone whereas nowadays I mean I'm sure you guys as two year olds probably have cell phones (laughs) Um, not quite (laughs) (laughs) closer than you think probably um so i I try to stay in touch with my sister as much as possible but like she was making her own decisions doing her own thing i tried to be a big brother for her uh but it's really difficult when you're so far away and you know i never knew where she was what she was doing she you know got into big trouble down in texas got heavy into drugs hard drugs um she had some kids 
she had her kids taken away from her because, you know, at one point neighbors found her collapsed and passed out on the staircase of their apartments with two kids in the apartments and nobody was paying attention to them. Um, drug overdose. She was in and out of drug rehab. Kids are taken away from um, from her, given custody to my dad. So now my dad Jeez. was suddenly like a father to young kids again. And um, my sister ended up moving in with him. It's a whole at this point. I think my sister has three kids um, in and out of drug rehab. I think my dad actually still has legal custody of them, but she might have custody of one of, I don't know the situation. Mm -hmm. It's been seven, eight years since I've talked to my sister. Just at some point, because she would steal money. She was stealing money from uncles, from grandparents, from anybody that she, and everybody was helping her. Everybody continued to enable her to do these things. They're like, oh, she's getting clean now. Let's give her a bunch of money to get her back on her feet. Well, <laughs> yeah. that money went not right the back best thing drugs. to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and nobody saw this except for me. And like, I, I kept, you know, giving her chances, giving her chances. And finally, I, I, I was, I said, I'm done. Like, I, I've given you too many chances. You've, you've screwed over too many people. And this is, I, I can't do this anymore. You are not good for my mental health. Like, I told her that. I was like, I, I am a happier person when I'm not worrying about you. Yeah. And so I, I had to cut off ties with her, like I said, seven, eight years ago. And so I don't know really where she is, what she's doing. Um, but yeah, none, none of my immediate family I have any contact with. Uh, which uh, a lot of people don't like to hear, right? When I tell people I don't talk to my parents, I don't talk to my sister, it, it's like, oh, why not? Why don't you give them a chance? Why, you know, yeah. it, everything. And if there's one thing I am a big advocate for, it is understanding that just because you share DNA with somebody doesn't mean that you have to call them family. You could pick and choose family. You know, um, sure. Family they are. is basically whoever shows you love and yeah. you get along with, and you're the most comfortable around. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, people that make you happy and make you a better person. And for sure, um, everybody, it it is this given thought it's like forced in our society that these people birthed you or, you know, you, you share you owe similar, them something. Yeah. That you have to be a good kid because they are your birth parents and, or, you know, your siblings, you know, you, you, you share similar DNA to them. So you have to love them as much as anybody else. And it's like, I, I have said this for so long and it's taken me much longer than that to, make people understand where I'm coming from with with that mentality of just because these people say that you are their family doesn't mean you have to accept that you you as a person are able to dictate who your family is and you know for people that that have 
rough family situations. That's a hard thing to accept. That's a hard thing to to get past because that's not what society trains us to believe. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also for for me, I feel like, you know, um, not having that like closeness with my parents either. It's like at least I wanted it, you know, so it was it's it's hard for me as and as an adult, even especially as a parent now to accept that I will more than likely never have that. And my brother, um, you know, he hasn't had a relationship with my uh, my father for a long, I mean, I don't know, 15 years, something like that, like they haven't talked. And um, it's, yeah, it makes total sense to me. I would never question <laughs> why right. you don't, you know, uh, right. it's, but I think it does take someone who has seen it and is used to it um, to understand immediately and not question it at all. I think um, I've explained you know, my, my family dynamics to a lot of people. And normally after explaining it, they understand, but same, it'll be like, well, your dad should, or your brother should really, you know, do this or do that. And I'm like, I don't, (laughs) it's not, you know, it's, it's not anyone else's until you've been in that position or until you like truly understand and get it. And like, you know, you just, it's just not really your place. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, like I see like fully functional, wonderful families like in TV yeah. and movies and like even people I know like have wonderful families. And, you know, one question like a lot of people like to ask is like, do you wish that you had that? And I'm like, part of me wants to say yes, but I don't know what that feels like. So maybe not. Like I see yeah. that situation. I'm like, well, well, with the people I was around, that would never happen. Like that. That's that's right. a fairy tale to me, you know, so I don't for know me, if, if I I'm ask that question it's i want that for my children yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's one thing um i have always believed is whatever happened to me uh you know in my childhood growing up i i never want that for my kids um right plain and simple and okay speaking of kids uh at i was 21 years old um Doing the 21-year-old thing, you know, <laughs> having a, a a great life um, as a young 21-year-old dude does. And I met a girl uh, at work. Uh, she was pregnant at the time and started talking. She was actually trying to hook me up with one of her friends. And I was like, mm, no. Uh, <laughs> how about you and I talk, you know? And one thing led to another, and we started dating. She was, oh boy, five months pregnant, five, six months pregnant, something like that. And she had a five-year-old kid, son already. Um, That dad, the five-year-old, wasn't in the picture since birth. He was abusive to her, and... She never saw him, never contacted him. His name was on the birth certificate out of safety, like, you know, one of those situations. The the child she was pregnant with, um, that guy told her flat out that he didn't want to be a father to her five-year-old. 
he would be there for you know his kid um oh, but he didn't want to be a father to the five-year-old and that was where he stood with that so she was like yeah i'm not about that situation it's not gonna work yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so she ended it with him and she wasn't looking for anything she was just fine on her own you know um but we started talking uh we went on a few dates on our fourth date uh she sat me down and she said here's the situation i'm not going to bring in you know random guys in and out of the house i have a five-year-old i have a newborn on the way it's not going to be like date a few guys here and there you know for weeks months and then they're gone like if you want to do this this needs to be a commitment right now okay what do you mean like do you want to be a dad at 21 to two kids that aren't yours okay um <laughs> i'll get back to you <laughs> think about that like give me like 24 hours you know let, let me yeah. think on this you know um that's she was like if, if you don't want to no feelings hurt like you know like i said it only been a few dates it wasn't like there was going to be heartbreak involved she was like i totally understand don't want to pressure you but i just want you to know this is where i'm at with things just plain and simple i'm a 21 year old kid you know i i I wasn't looking to be a dad. I wasn't looking to have a family at that point. I didn't know what I wanted from life. Um, but I knew where I was at. I I didn't want to do that forever. And I was like, you know, I I know what it's like to not have parents. And... um. You know, I obviously don't know the kid that's not born yet. I have met the five-year-old once. He was a cool little dude, but all five-year-olds are. Um, mostly. And, <laughs> uh, but, like, I, I needed to make a decision. And I decided that, uh, yeah, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's do this. Um, so we ended up moving in a few months later. Um, she had her second son and I, you know, I was there for the birth and, um, uh, suddenly I was a dad of two, a, a five-year-old and a newborn. And that was pretty cool. Uh, I, I realized how cool and fun and, um, fulfilling being a parent was and could be I, I always knew i'd be a parent um but i obviously i didn't see it happening that way <laughs> but i also told myself you know nothing about my life has been conventional up until then <laughs> so why would that you know trend stop all of a sudden so yeah i was i was the father of a five-year-old and a, a newborn uh a couple years later, um, let's see how four four years later, three four years later, um, actually had a, a child together, um, which is my youngest daughter. Uh, the father of uh, the middle son, who didn't want anything to do with the situation, 
um, after a year, after his first birthday, the state decided to go after him for child support, even though she didn't want that. She wasn't requesting yeah. it. But they're like, no, you need We're child support. We're going to. Yeah. yeah. So this guy decides that he wants to be a dad again. Um, and he fought for custody, ended up getting partial custody. And suddenly this kid that he had never seen his first year of his life, he got to have on the weekends. Oof. So that sucked. Um, yeah. You know, for her, you know, she was like, I don't want this at all. But like for me, it's like, I, you know, I was the one every night staying up with him until 3, 4, 5 a.m. because he was colicky and he didn't sleep. Um, you know, I I was there from day one. And now all of a sudden this guy gets to waltz back in and be a dad, like, because the state's making him pay money. Yeah, it's hard to understand, like, if, you know, it's hard to think, like, well, if the state hadn't reached out on, you know, for child support, like, would have, would he have ever reached out? Right. Yeah. 100% not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know the state's, like, perspective of, like, yeah, he should be able to see his dad, you know, but like they never cared that somebody else was there already fulfilling that for him. Right. Um, it, so it was complicated. It took a while to get over that. Um, he's still in his life now. I mean, he's he's there for him. He's uh, I don't like him. I, I still don't agree with how everything happened. Uh, but, you know, he. He he hasn't bailed on him still. You know, he's almost 14 years old now, and he's been there for 13 years. So kudos to him, I guess. Um, so those were three kids. Uh, we ended up um, separating. Uh, found out I, I had a random email one morning from a random person I didn't know saying that, um, my partner was messing around with her boyfriend. Oh man. And she had found all of their emails and communications and like, she forwarded them all to me, like blindsided. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> confronted her. I was like, Hey, what's up? Uh, she admitted to everything. So I said, okay. And I got my stuff and I left for the night mm -hmm. and, you know, told her like this, like, can't do this. This isn't going to happen. Like, if you're not happy, like, we're not going to just stay together. Like, this isn't, this isn't cool. This isn't how adults handle things. And, uh, she, she worked nights. So I would get off work and I would go over to what was now her house it was formerly our house and um stay with my kids until she would get home for the night from work because mm -hmm. i wasn't gonna let my kids be the, the house by themselves um so i was there for him ended up you know finally getting my own apartment and moving out and uh it took a couple years for us to get on good graces with each other there was a lot of uh anger and um hostility N never in front of the kids i'm sure they felt it but i i tried not 
to make that happen. I, I tried to keep it between us, and it, it took a couple years for us to get to the point where we were friendly with each other. Um, now, uh, I'd say we're pretty good, thankfully. Um, but I shortly after that, moving out, everything like that, uh, I, I met this wonderful woman named Val, Valerie, and she had three kids of her own. She had gone through a divorce, a separation, and I think we found common ground with that. And uh, we've been together ever since. Uh, <laughs> we we moved in after about a year, year and a half. Um, so she had um, kids all similar ages to my kids, which was bizarre. Um, her my youngest daughter's name is kylie alexis her youngest daughter's name was alexis uh <laughs> they had like similar birthday it, 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 this whole thing of just like how close and similar everything was i had two boys and one girl she had uh one boy and then two younger girls and yeah so now we have like this wild <laughs> mixed family that um i I wouldn't trade for the world. It's it's pretty incredible. It's it's complicated, you know, because they have a dad. Uh, you know, their dad married another lady who already had kids, so like they have you know stepkids on their side. Right. Um, uh, my ex was with a guy who had kids, and they were together for a few years. Um, they're no longer together, but like they were living together, and you know, my kids considered his kids. You know step-siblings and like my ex and val text and talk on (laughs) a regular basis which is so weird and bizarre and i i don't ever fully understand it but i'm happy it happens it's awesome yeah it really is as someone who comes from like a broken home you know my parents i were never together from what i when i can remember um well, they they divorced like pretty much right after I was born. I that would have been amazing. Yeah, it, I, I, I think and, and everybody's just kind of in it now. Of this is weird and wild, but there are a lot of people that lo- love a lot of different kids now, and mm-hmm. all of these kids who have felt displaced or lost because their parents separated now know that there's this giant support system for like Val's kids will go over to my ex's house to spend the night with my kids <laughs> like that it it's it shouldn't happen like it shouldn't work that way but it no, does it totally should it's, it's beautiful <laughs> like i, I absolutely yeah. love it you know um they they fight and argue and bicker and, and whatnot but you know like at the end of the day, when people ask me how many kids I have, like six straight up, like mm-hmm. no hesitation. I have six kids yeah. and I, I never see it any other way. Uh, my oldest son uh, just finished his freshman year of college at um, Washington State University. Uh, Val's oldest son, you know, he's getting ready to start his junior year of high school. We have um, the middle daughter on Val's side starting high school this year uh my middle son he's gonna be eighth grade our two 
10 year olds they're starting fifth grade this next year like it's <laughs> it's we have kids all over the place and they all <laughs> are into different things at different times and if you look at like our schedule it's it's bonkers because we have to factor in other parents and then you know there's their spouses and their other siblings and there's so many people involved there's so many moving pieces but somehow it it works for all of us and it's at, at the end of the day i i look at our family situation and it's not perfect but i know that everybody involved is doing the absolute best that they can to make the situation as good as it can be for all of these kids and that's what's most important definitely yeah that's yeah really cool. that's really cool it's very brady bunch it, it is yeah it's like okay <laughs> do you have an alice i'm like i wish we had an alice <laughs> I have no idea how bad we wish we had an alice and Alice would be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not everybody's dream, right? Like maybe not the six kids part, but like just having somebody just stay at your house and clean and cook and oh god. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And One with day. such a great sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a uh, it, it's been a long process for me to get here to this point. Um but I I, I never look at my journey and regret any part of it. I am a happier person because of the trials and tribulations that I've gone through. I am a happier person because of the choices I've made. And I am a better person because I am able to look at how other people have treated me and know that I will never do that to others it's really kind of amazing and interesting like how many similarities there are between our stories and you know i i try not to jump in too much just because like i feel like we could talk all day about like oh this happened to you too like well did <laughs> right. you feel like this you know yeah. um but i was telling her it's it's kind of ex in a weird way i mean i'm not excited that you went through any of that but it's in a weird way exciting for me to hear from someone who has so many similarities in their like, you know, childhood upbringing, because normally when I'm telling people, they're like, what? That's right. crazy. Like you, you went through that or you dealt with that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but when I hear someone else saying it, it's almost like, oh, so yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Like I get it, I get it. You know, right. um, or or your hills, you'll you'll hear someone else's story and you're like, oh wow, I didn't have it that bad. You know, like there's yeah, the people totally. on the other side of the coin, and you're like, uh, and you kind of feel like stuck in the middle yep. almost, yep. and you feel bad comparing yourself to yep. what other people have experienced. But absolutely, it's it's all legitimate. I just don't. You know, if it's not the time and the place to talk about it, I try not to. But I also don't try to pretend like I'm someone else, you know, right. if that makes sense. It, it slips out here and there. I, I, I'm i sure you heard my story about the, the rainbow parachute. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. anxiety 101. The, yeah. the fact that that's one of my biggest fears is the stupidest, most ridiculous thing. <laughs> But if there's you know what that is, Jordan. Mm -hmm. So you know, in gym class, they had that like oh, yeah, giant. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like we were talking about Boggarts, mm -hmm. um, and Josh said that his would be 
mm. a rainbow parachute. <laughs> Which yeah. is funny, but also like true. <laughs> well, because my PE teacher at the time uh, was like very adamant that nobody let go of the rainbow parachute. Like when we're all flipping the ball up and down and making the dome so kids could go underneath it, you couldn't let go of it. It would be incredibly dangerous if somebody let go. In my head, as a little kid, I'm thinking if I let go of this, people are going to die. Like <sighs> I will, I will, I will not be strong enough to hold this, and it will fly out of my hands, and somehow the entire parachute will just drag people up into the atmosphere and drop them, and there will be just death and chaos because I let go of this rainbow parachute. <laughs> And I was crippled with fear and still am like I see those and I I get sweaty and anxious and upset just thinking about possibly killing somebody because I let go of the rainbow parachute. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a mess. <laughs> um. Well, so I do want to touch on the podcast just real quick before yeah. we wrap this up. Um, so I, you can't see it, but I am wearing my Muggle Out t-shirt. So um, I told you we went to the fair today and we always get like a family photo on a button mm -hmm. like every year. And I realized today when I put it on my fridge, because it's actually a magnet, not a button, but that I was wearing this shirt. Last year when we oh. <laughs> it's now your fair shirt. You can only wear that to the fair now. I guess my point is I wear it so often, you know, like yeah. it's it's probably one of my favorites. And I think because it's something that um Harry Potter fans see and they right. they get it, but also don't I'll know when I when I finally see someone in person that is like not just like, oh, hey, cool shirt. Not just because it says muggle on it, but because they know the podcast. Like, I'm waiting for that day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day to go to Anchorage and see Emily because she's a because <laughs> <laughs> she's a, she's a normal email. She emails in like mm -hmm. pretty regularly. And she's also from Alaska, but she lives in Anchorage. Oh, OK. And so I'm just waiting for the day <laughs> that I, we like bump into each other. And she's like, oh, I'm Emily. <laughs> but also, I don't email in very regularly. <laughs> so she wouldn't know who I am. <laughs> People, the fans of the show have a weird memory of things. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um also just really cool that you have gotten into the harry potter like series so late in life and love it just as much as someone like me who grew up you know basically the exact same age that harry hermione and ron were like as the books were coming out um it's really cool to just like hear you go over it and and with like so much love and passion about it, you know, even though it's, it's only, you know, you're only three years in, mm -hmm. it's really, yeah. really cool. And weird tie into all of this, the, the aunt that drove me up here that I lived with, she tried to get me to listen to the <laughs> audiobooks on the drive back up here. And I was like, I, no, I'm not dealing with this <laughs> stuff. Like get That's out of here. Funny. <laughs> so I had like my headphones on and I was like completely, you're like, nope. Yeah, like yeah, here, and That's yeah. Hilarious. I mean, imagine like what what would have happened if I listened to it then? You know, exactly. Yeah, that was we, for a reason for sure. We wouldn't be here talking. It's for, yeah, it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
It's awesome. Yeah. And the community too is just awesome. Like I'm really excited. Both Joe and Marissa reached out to and said they would love to be guests on, on mental maintenance, which is really cool. Um, you know, to be able to get all three of you on here at different times will be really, really cool. Yeah. Like I've never met Marissa in person. I met Joe. Joe's a wonderful guy. Like I could talk to Joe all day, every day. He's hilarious. And yeah, he is super funny. Um, And like Marissa, I I know some, like we, we, you know, have talked before the show, after the show. And and I know some of her struggles that, you know, she's experienced in life. Um, But, you know, I've never met her in person, never like had a chance to just hang out and just get to know her. So, which is funny because she has met Matt, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Matt's a traveling guy. I mean, he, he no kids, his wife works crazy hours and he just has the ability to just go on trips whenever he wants. Um, cause he, he's self-employed, works from home, makes right. his own schedule. Like he's, he's living the life. He's, he's living <laughs> his best life in so many ways. Um, so yeah, he would, he just randomly was going to be near Marissa and they hung out and had a great time. And uh, oddly enough, I'm excited to hear Marissa on your guys' podcast so that I can feel like I know her a little bit better. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> which is so weird right like it, it shouldn't happen that way but you know I'm someone I'm that you spend it. several hours a week with you know on a regular on a weekly basis uh-huh. yep yep we have like a group chat going that we you know talk all three of us together regularly throughout the week but like i know a small small little portion of her world so right yeah it'll be fun well thank you so much for for you know, saying that basically letting us know that you would be down to be interviewed. Um, it's really cool to get you, get to know you on a better level. And it's, it's really cool that, you know, you got to like talk with us and be on the show. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure. This has been a lot of fun. And like, honestly, if you ever run out of guests, I have <laughs> millions more stories I could tell and <laughs> fill up a podcast with. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we'll get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eventually. And um, thank and- you for all your insight too, um, for helping us with figuring out how to even record. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> with somebody who's not sitting right in front of us. So <laughs> yeah. When you guys asked me that, I was like, yeah, this is a piece of cake. And I had to put like myself back in the position of like somebody who's never done this before. Cause it, this ain't, you know, it's just second nature to me. I've been doing it for so long, but right. Um, yeah. Like, being able to give tips and tricks to somebody doing it for the first time was actually yeah. kind of cool. So it was really helpful. And, um, it just gave us kind of like a confidence boost, I think too, of like, you know, Denise being such a big fan of your podcast too. And it's like, Oh my gosh, people are willing to like help us. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was and a I, good feeling. So thank you. And honestly, like, I know I said it in an email, uh, to tales from Godric's hollow, but I don't think if it wasn't for your podcast specifically, I would have ever thought I would be able to do one. It, it's it's so wild. Like once you guys, and I'm sure you guys will be doing this for a long time, but once you start, I mean, we just had a three year anniversary with Tales from Godric's Hollow and it it feels like it went by in a flash. But then you sit back and like Alex, who writes in every week, you yeah. know, he's gotten married 
uh, had, a kid. had a kid, moved so. to a state, moved back. Like I, I know so much about this guy who I've never met, but I've like been there for all of these milestones in his life that I know about because of emails into our show. Like it's so wild to get to know all these people all over the world, all over the world, just yeah, from doing literally. a podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Marissa, my co-host, she's best friends with Mel. She went, Mel B, Mm -hmm. down in Australia. She went down to Australia and hung out with another fan from our show for, like, a couple weeks. They started a podcast together, like, and now Mel's coming to the state for the first time to hang out with Marissa. And she's going to go hang out with Joe before (laughs) the convention. It's it's so bizarre how... A little thing like a podcast can connect so many different people in such a positive way. Totally. Yeah. So and... keep it up. Please keep it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the plan. Yeah. For sure. Um, I would also like to credit J.K. Rowling. <laughs> 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 because... If it wasn't, you know, for my nerdy obsession with Harry Potter, then none of literally none of this would be happening for me, at least. Right. And for you. I mean, if it wasn't for her, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Funny. <laughs> it's crazy. All, all these little things always tie into each other and makes uh, awesome things happen. So totally. Hey M&Ms, thanks for joining us once again on Mental Maintenance Monday. We wanted to take time to remind you that your story deserves to be told. That's right, and you can always reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MentalMPodcast, or email us at mmpodcast1 at gmail.com. We love you. Bye.